This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join with us in uh, uh, Stevens Point and the Fox Valley, and all those who are watching online. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith, who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning at Celebration Church. And again, big shout out to all of those still at home uh, during this crazy time uh, that we've been experiencing. And glad for all those that are gathering with us live at our various campuses. Uh, we want to take just a quick opportunity to uh, take up our offering. We haven't been passing any buckets and stuff because of all the crazy that's going on. But uh, we're encouraging people to, first of all, become, uh, what's, not, what's the word? Recurring. I used to speak English, but I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Recurring giving. You sign up for that, it just happens automatically. That is the best help for us. And you can do that by visiting our website, celebrationchurch.tv. Or you can give uh, by phone. A lot of people do that. So you can pull your phone out right now, wherever you're at. Come out, come out, wherever you are. <laughs> I don't know why you people come here. So, uh... <laughs> Wherever you are, pull out your phone and you can send a text to this number, 77977. That's the number you're going to send the text to, 77977. And in the message, you're going to put CCWI, which stands for Celebration Church, Wisconsin. Don't type Celebration Church, Wisconsin. Don't type anything else, just CCWI. And then the dollar amount you would like to give. And we encourage you to give. Jesus says, blessed are those who give. Uh, to who, him who gives, much will be given. So you want God to be blessing you, you need to learn to bless the kingdom of God. So do that. And then, of course, so many of you who are still sending your uh, offerings uh, by mail or some who give it on the way out the door. Uh, we're thankful for all of it. Anyway, so much for that. Uh, uh, in case you haven't heard, there's an election on Tuesday. <laughs> so glad when this insanity is over. I almost had that much mail from all oh, they just throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, well, ching, 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 throw it all away. Can't imagine that stuff accomplishes anything except fill landmines, uh, landfills, landmines. They should be on landmines. <laughs> blow, blow them all the smithereens. 
so let me encourage you, get out and vote, all right? Don't hide, get out and vote if you haven't voted already, but not on Tuesday. Get in line, get out there in your neighborhoods and vote. People often ask me, Pastor, who are you voting for? Uh, I have always been, since I became a Christian at 16 years of age and then became an adult and started voting, pretty much a single issue voter. Anybody who knows me knows that. And it is over the issue of abortion. There's lots of other issues. I get it. But to me, the single most horrifying thing that we allow in our nation, and we've done it for so long, I think people don't re doesn't register with them anymore, is to extinguish a human life in its mother's womb. I think it's horrifying. Uh, and people have different reasons for it, but I think there's different solutions than what uh, we get in this idea of abortion. The Democrat Party has become extreme on this issue. They are now advocating to uh, take a child's life from the womb up to the, for the full nine months. And this I don't get it. You mean for nine months you've been carrying a baby and now you decide you don't want it. Hello? What do you think you've been carrying there for a while? Uh, and it's gotten worse. They now advocate that even after the child is born, if the little rascal comes out and it's a Downs baby or some other problem, that you would have the right to kill it on the spot. This is extreme. This is insane. Say, well, I'm offended by Donald Trump's tweets. Seriously, something insane and stupid he says is offensive to you, but the snuffing out of human life is okay with you. I don't understand it. Don't even try to explain it to me. Uh, all right, not gonna listen. One million six hundred twenty-eight thousand five hundred and eighty-four lives have been extinguished in abortion in this country since Roe v. Wade. This is horrifying to me. This number is so large, I don't think anybody can quite grasp it. Sixty-one human lives have been extinguished. It's just, it's just, it's, it's insane, and it's sad, and it's. Uh, I think it's horrifying. I think it's a horrible thing that God sees. It's amazing His grace. Thank God He's patient with us. Uh, to make this right, but this is, this is heartbreaking. And who knows? See, I believe human life is of great value. Human beings bring great value into the world. Yes. Oftentimes, <laughs> I feel like I'm at a rally. Oftentimes, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, human beings being great value. Oftentimes, they're thought of as, you know, as, as a burden. Human beings are not a burden. Some are. But overwhelmingly, the majority of human beings are of great value. You know what I'm talking about? Some, you know, they don't turn out so well. But that's not most human beings. You know, and every time I think and, and feel for someone who has cancer and dies, as my wife Debbie did a few years ago, and we've all prayed, God, why, why can't we get a cure for this horrible thing that takes so many lives? I just can't wonder if God isn't thinking, man, I've sent hundreds of people that had the cure for cancer, but they were all killed before they were born. Who knows what advances in medicine, uh, in technology, in making lives better. Uh, there's great value that comes from 61 million. You're telling me none of those people had something that could really change and improve this life. So anyway, that's me. That's always been me. I encourage you, vote accordingly. Uh, and even if you think you're not going to win, Go out and make a statement before God himself. This is how I feel about this. 
and let's someday. And by the way, if we do not prevail in this election, it's not the end of the world. We will live to fight another day. I ain't given up until I've got no breath going in my body. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So vote, all you rascals, vote. All right. If you have an offense, send the email to Becky at celebrationchurch.tv. Last night was Halloween. For all you Halloweeners out there, um, you know, oftentimes people get real frustrated, evangelical and charismatic. Celebration Church is, is, we blend the three major streams of Christianity the liturgical, the charismatic, and the evangelical. It, we try to take the best of all and squeeze out some of the worst of all. And this is the kind of church that we are. Uh, from the evangelical stream, uh, people say, well, you know, Halloween, that was, came from a bunch of pagans 1,800 years ago dancing around stones in England <laughs> and worshiping evil spirits. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I know that uh, liturgical Christians had adapted it at some point, uh, only to mock death. That's one of the things we do as a Christians. We mock death. I love this scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? What he's doing is looking at death and going, we are not afraid of this thing. Somebody say amen. All right, this is not the end for us. It's the beginning. And we mock and we celebrate that we have overcome. Death does not freak us out. And Christians all over the world participate in some version of this, depending on their culture, where they just mock death. Uh, I think uh, it's a great time of the year because it reminds people about death. You know, people, people last night thinking about what happens in the grave. This is what happens, okay? We're all going to die. You live long enough, someday you will die. And from dust you were made, and to dust you return. So that's why... We don't have a problem with Halloween. Now, people say, well, it's uh, 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 worshiping Satan. You're worshiping Satan. Really? Check your medication, for heaven's sakes. Now, evangelicals and Pentecostals seem to have a bigger problem with this than anybody. Stop and think for a minute. You guys should know better than anybody. Just because someone comes into a church does not mean they worship God. Right? We've been teaching this forever. Just because you go to church twice a year, whether you need it or not, is not a true worshiper of God. But yet, on the opposite, they think because of something that is connected to something thousands of years ago, now you're automatically worshiping the devil. Unless you're worshiping the devil and bowing down and worshiping the, <laughs> the king of hell, or whatever you call him. You're not worshiping the devil because you dress up in a costume and have your kids go, ding, ding, trick or treat. <laughs> now, you know that from our side. How can you not do the math on the other side? For heaven's sakes. Always living in fear and hiding out. One day a year, everybody's like, oh, it's the devil's night. I got news for you. The devil doesn't have a night. He's out making people miserable every day. Full-time job for him. <laughs> All right, move on, Mark. Anyway, so after Halloween, uh, is, this is November 1st, falls on a Sunday this year. This is known as All Saints Day. I don't know about your other campuses, but uh, here, Becky prayed a great prayer for Christians all over the world. 
uh, and on this, what is called All Saints Day. What does that mean? Let me define for you a saint. A saint from the, in the Bible is a believer. Believers in God, believers in Jesus, were all referred to as saints. The saints at such and such church. All the saints gathering together and pray. You know, then years later, Christian, Christian tradition started taking people that were extraordinary Christians and giving them a, the, the name saint. Oh, he's a real saint. My grandma was a saint, you know. So really nice. And I get that, and I'm not offended by that. But then the Roman Catholic Church, and we're not against anybody, but obviously we're not Roman Catholic. The Roman, we disagree about stuff. Roman Catholic Church come along, and they have special people that they give the status of a saint. And they have, but that's not what the Bible's talking about when it says saint. When we celebrate All Saints Day, we are celebrating believers everywhere in the world, and even those who've gone before us. I got news for you. We didn't figure this thing out in the last year. People around for 2,000 years have been doing this instead of, and you can learn a lot from Christians, uh, some who are incredible uh, believers. Um, actually, the Apostles' Creed, uh, we changed a couple of lines in the Apostles' Creed where it says, uh, we believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe in the Holy Christian Church. Uh, actually, it says, we believe in the uh, Catholic, the Holy Catholic Church with a small c. Uh, the reason we don't say that is because a lot of us, especially in this area, have grown up Roman Catholics. And then people get confused. Oh, guys, you, you believe in the Roman Catholic? No, no, no. It's little c. I talked to a pastor this week who also, they do the same thing that we do. And he says, well, we decided to leave it as it was. But every Sunday we say that, then I have to explain to people, it's little c and it means all Christians. And I thought, really, just change it. That's, that's what we, so that's why we don't. And the other one, the Fellowship of Believers, uh, it originally says the Communion of Saints. It's the same thing, except because of our Roman Catholic heritage in here, we believe in the Communion of Saints. They think, well, then that's praying to dead people. Uh, we do not pray to dead people. We just don't. You really shouldn't. And why you would, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, if you had Donald Trump's phone number, I'm just saying, and you wanted him to fix a parking ticket for you. All right. And then you have some, or maybe something major. You, you have, you know him, you have his number. Would you call him or would you call one of the secretaries in the White House? Why would you call a secretary in the White House when I can talk to the man myself? Now, unless you're so much time that you got a million times and you don't know what else to do but pray nine, day and night and never stop and think, well, I'm done talking to God, let me talk to some people in the, in the office. I just have no idea why anybody would take the time to pray to anybody. Look, in 1 in Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 5, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator, one, 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 not lots, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only mediator you need to talk to uh, when talking to God. And we pray in Jesus' name. We do not pray to dead people who hopefully will pray for us. Now, I had one guy who challenged me on this as well. Don't you ever talk to your wife? Yeah. So, yeah. Anybody's been close to someone, grand or something? I don't know that she hears me. Knowing her, she'd be trying not to hear me. <laughs> Shut up already. I'm, I got stuff here. Uh, 
You know, so I mean, you know, that's fine for whatever reason people do, but that's not praying to them. I don't pray to Debbie saying, listen, when you're up there, could you put in a word for me? Because I have the man's number. All right. I'm not trying to be mean to all, whatever Roman Catholics. God bless you. We love you all. We're all part of the general small C Catholic universal church. I get that. But in this area, we disagree. It's fine. There's lots of churches that disagree. People disagree about all kinds of stuff. Good Lord, there's 59 different kinds of Baptists. I mean, there's, you know, this, everybody has their thing. But when we celebrate All Saints Day, we are celebrating this incredible bond that exists between believers all over the world and throughout all time. When we say our creed that we pref- uh, believe in the fellowship of believers or communion of saints, we profess that we are part of an eternal family. And in truth, We are more connected to a Christian in Africa, China, Middle East, or anywhere in the world than we are to our own families. Now, you may not be aware of that, but it is true. This connection, this communion of saints, this fellowship of believers that we have really binds us together in a way that is really rather incredible if you'll stop and think about it and experience it. It's one of the reasons that in churches, uh, you can gather in all kinds of churches all over the world, and there's this immediate connection. It's really fabulous. We get to experience it because we travel so much. Most people do not. You pretty much go to one church, you know, your whole life or whatever. But uh, those who travel around the world, it's amazing. You meet Christians and there is this immediate connection that lights up between you. Uh, And whether whatever denomination they come to, it's all there. And it's a fabulous thing. It's a wonderful, deeply spiritual experience that we have as we connect with people all over the world who profess in Christ. All right. So actually more connected people around the world than we are to our own families. Our eternal connections uh, will never fade away. Our temporal connections will. Your family connections over time, it all fades out. Uh, But not our eternal ones. Um, The Christian celebration of All Saints Day, or All Souls Day, sometimes they call it that, stems from a belief that there is a powerful spiritual bond between those in heaven known as the church triumphant, they've triumphed, okay? And the living church, which is referred to uh, theologically as the church militant. That doesn't mean we're burning down buildings, you know, or anything like that. What it means is we're still fighting down here, okay? We are still here fighting for righteousness, resisting the devil, putting up with each other and everything else that's going on, including politicians and stuff like that. We are the church militant fighting through all this stuff. And up there is the church triumphant triumphant because their battle is over. But there is an amazing connection yet still between the two. We don't pray to them, but there is in fact this amazing thing that we experience as the universal church. Uh, In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, I wanted to read the whole thing because it's really fascinating, but I won't because it'll take too long. But this is known as the faith chapter. Uh, Now, uh, in the book of Hebrews, actually we call them books. They're not books. These were letters uh, in the New Testament that uh, were written. And uh, Hebrews is unusual in that nobody knows who wrote it. Uh, it has no author attached to it. So nobody knows who this guy is. Some think, think it was Paul, but there's reasons why they don't think. Anyway, whoever it was, he writes this long letter to Jewish Christians. That's why it's called Hebrews. All right. That's the Jewish Christians, which in the beginning of Christianity, all Christians were Jewish. In fact, they didn't think you could even become a Christian unless you became a Jewish person first. That was the first major fight they had in the New Testament. 
you know, you know, you, you have to become Jewish first, which to a guy means you got to get circumcised, which means, you know, So they finally decided, no, we don't have to do that. Thank God. It is hard enough to get people to church. <laughs> Welcome to celebration. Hope you'll consider joining our church. You will, however, need to, uh, you know, I mean, it's not. Thank God we don't have to do that. All right. But even still, for a long time, the bulk of Christians were Jewish Christians, and he's writing to this, hence the name Hebrews. And so much of it is uh, Jewish analogies and history and stuff. Because of that, it's one of the more difficult books, uh, letters in the New Testament to understand. If you don't really understand the Old Testament, you get to Hebrews, you kind of uh, feel like you're sinking in, in sand a little bit because there's so many, so many things he's throwing out. Anyway, so in, the, in this chapter, and they, they weren't chapters, it's just this point in the letter, he starts writing of all the incredible people of faith. And he starts at Genesis, man. He goes and starts naming all these great men and women of faith throughout history. And then he gets to uh, verse 32. And then he says, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. Some of these names, you don't even know who these people are. But these are Old Testament guys who did incredible things. I don't have time to talk about David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign enemies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now, all of that was very victorious stuff that we'd all sign up for. The others were tortured, <laughs> Second part is not nearly as exciting. They were tortured, refused to be released so they might gain even a better resurrection. Some faced jeers, flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. Ew! They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. See, we just like to celebrate the guys that, you know, didn't have any problems. They had all these great victories. But there's a lot of people, even in your own life, sometimes we glorify God in our sufferings. Now, that is not fun. I don't like that. I vote no suffering. If I have a vote in this thing, I'm definitely in the no suffering category. I even hate my french fries being cold. I just don't like it. But sometimes, that's what happens. Well, you know, why am I having a hard time? Well, we need to learn to praise God even when we're having a hard time. Look, it's easy to praise God when things are going good, right? Man, y'all won the lottery last night. You'll be happy as it can be this morning. I'd be happy because that's probably a bigger offering, I got to tell you. But that's easy. Anybody can do that. You know, woo, I won, woo! You know, there's people who don't think you should get loud in church, but they win money. They suddenly get loud and start worshiping. <laughs> Shouldn't raise your hand in church. I want some money! You know, it's really interesting how suddenly people are transformed into Pentecostals when they win money. All right? Anyway, 
All that being said, there's parts of faith that are tough, that are hard. And some people who brought great glory to God, even in their sufferings. And then he goes on to the next verse, the very next verse. Now it's a new chapter, but remember, these weren't written in chapters. They weren't writing novels. It's just a letter. We, somebody put in chapters and verses so we could find where to find these different phrases. So the very next words out of his mouth, after all this, talking about these incredible, he mentioned a bunch by name, then he started talking in generalities. He said, therefore, since we, alive believers, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and this certainly does easily entangle us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Even in this, he is showing there is a connection that uh, even overcomes time itself. We are part of the most amazing group of people when you walk in faith because it connects us not only with each other and people all over the world, but even historically, there's still a connection. We still even have a connection with the church triumphant, which we read about in Revelation. This is the last book of the Bible, Revelation uh, chapter 7, verse 9 through 17. I don't know if you've ever read Revelation. Uh, it's, it's a little confusing to say the least. And uh, part of it sounds like, reminds me of LSD back in the day. But I mean, he, he saw stuff that was just wow. And at times you, he's talking about stuff that has happened and stuff that is happening and stuff that's going to happen. And it's all blended together. And it's, it's really interesting to read. The Bible actually promises a special blessing if you'll read it. You want a special blessing today? Read the book of Revelation. It's really something else. But it's a little hard to, to understand. But there's parts that are, are clear. He's having all these visions and he's seeing this stuff. And I don't think he knew what was going on. He's just recording what he's seeing and how much of it means this, that, or the other. He's leaving to others to figure out. He's just saying, this is what I saw. And he saw all kinds of stuff. Then he says, and after this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count. That's a lot of people from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. All these people are standing before the throne and before the lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb. They are having a partay. This is why the redhead doesn't listen to me. She's up there partying on. All right. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders uh, and four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne. And they're worshiping God and they're singing, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. The band is playing, da, da, da. the words are on the screen. Everybody's worshiping God. And then, one, <laughs> and then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these? Robed in white, where have they come from? This is a special group of guys. And I said to him, sir, you know, I don't even know what I'm seeing here. Uh, and then he said, these are those who have come out of the great ordeal, because he's prophesying of this incredible tribulation that is going to be coming. Uh, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. But all of them have done this. For this reason, they are before the throne of God. They worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more, thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs 
of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the church triumphant around the throne. Now, what's interesting about this, this will mess with your head, is uh, I believe at this point he's looking in the future, okay? And they're having, you know, they're, they're all singing and said, what's been going on for who knows how long. There's no time there as we think of time. But uh, they're all celebrating stuff. And he sees these people, this special group of people that, that were martyrs for their faith during this great tribulation and all this stuff. But he is seeing all these people. You were there. He saw you. He saw me. How crazy is that, right? That messes with your head. So he's out there in the future seeing all these people and there was a contingent from Green Bay. Woo! And from Stephen Boy. Woo! And the Fox Valley. Woo! We're all celebrating because we were there when he's seeing all this. That's going to mess with your head. I think it's cool. Then we got the church militant. That's all the believers still today. See what great, this is in 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us all that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, exclamation point. These are exclamation points. They're actually translated. He's writing excitedly, intensely. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. We are called the children of God. That's who we are. That is what we are. This is a big stinking deal. This overcomes whether you're a Republican or Democrat, whether you're a Packers fan or an evil Vikings fan, or it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, white, black, pink, orange, whatever. This overcomes all of it. We are, by faith, children of God. We are saints of the Most High God. This is the day we celebrate, that we are connected to this incredible thing that passes time itself. Much can be learned, actually, from the saints of old. I would encourage you, you want to do some cool thing, uh, I guess we have to suggest, but you can Google anything and find out uh, writings from some of these great uh, people in the past, over the last 2,000 years. You can get writings, read writings of the, of, uh, the first 100, 200, 300 years of Christianity. This is before it. Christianity got all crazy and organized. And you're like, that didn't, the whole Roman thing didn't even kick in until like 700 years later. Uh, and read. These are people who were right there at that time. Read their writings. It's fascinating. And you know what they do? They celebrate what we celebrated this morning. Their words are the words that we were singing this morning, singing about salvation and that God loves us and that in confessing sins, we can be born again by knowing. It's amazing to read some of these things. It's fascinating to read the writings of those, not only of preachers that other people listen to today, but to go back and to read and see what others have experienced. You know, some of the great, we call saints from the standpoint of impressive men and women, but you know, John Wesley started the Methodist church, Martin Luther, he was kind of a potty mouth. <laughs> he was. You wanna see something funny? Google Martin Luther's potty mouth. It's really funny. Uh, apparently he lived in a different day. <laughs> if I talk like that, you guys would all throw me out the door, but he didn't care. He didn't care. He was intense. And he'd say, bring a friend and suck your head and then we need to love Jesus. Whoa, I mean, he was intense. It's very funny. Anyway, all kinds of stuff you can learn. Uh, even some of the oldest Christian writers and stuff. Every once in a while, 
Look for something like that and pick it up and read it or Google parts of it and, and look at You will see that it's an, there is an amazing connection. We are experiencing something that wasn't just thought of yesterday. We didn't make this stuff up six years ago. We didn't make up this stuff 50 years ago. This has been around now for 2,000 years. Christians who have experienced this incredible thing of grace, of forgiveness. Some of these people were really jacked up. Their lives were, some of them were really horrible. Horrible human beings. And then they experienced this life-changing grace of God, and it changed them. And they went out and changed the world. I always think that whenever coming to preach, let's go change the world. Time to change the world. Hallelujah. When then, whatever way that we can, we can speak life, the life of God anyway. So today we celebrate that connection that we have with believers all over the world and throughout time. We celebrate those who, like us, have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. All right, so now we're going to turn to our time of communion this morning. This is when we focus on what these people are singing about in front of the throne of God, what we all still sing and celebrating, the fact that I was lost and now I am found, that in spite of my sins, Jesus Christ died on the cross that I could have forgiveness of my sins. His body was broken so that we could be made whole. His blood was shed so that we could be washed away. It says that they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is referred to as the Lamb. So when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what we celebrate. And while we might all have differences about a great many things, and there are, and not everybody agrees with me about everything. I think they should, but they do not. Even my wife doesn't agree with me. <laughs> Either one of them. <laughs> but, but, but the one thing that we can all agree on is grace, forgiveness, mercy, life. This is what we celebrate. This is the core experience that we now celebrate is that we can experience forgiveness through uh, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who died for us uh, and became a sacrifice for our sins. That's what we celebrate during communion. The night Jesus was, before he went to uh, be crucified, took bread and wine and said, this is my body and this is my blood. And to remember this, always remember this, because this is what makes all of this possible. So the Bible instructs us before we take communion that we should stop and think. We should, and in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, verse 28, he says, examine yourselves. Before you do this, examine yourselves. What does that mean? Just stop and think. How have you done over the last week? Some of you were, it's been great. Others, you think, oh, I stumbled. I struggled. I shouldn't have done that thing. I should have done that thing I did. I shouldn't have said what I said to so-and-so, you know. Now is the time, just before God, to set things right, all right? We are being made perfect, the Bible says, the more we grow in our faith. But imperfections still exist, uh, and we can struggle. But this is when we get a chance to just pray. God, help us make things right. You always want to keep a short account with God. You know, I know sometimes people get in long accounts, like a 30-year mortgage takes a while to pay off some of those kinds of things. These are long accounts. With God, short accounts. Keep everything paid up, right? Just keep it. If you mess up, make it right. Make, you hurt somebody, go to them and apologize to them. You know, I'm sorry. You know, even sometimes as parents, sometimes we're too hard on our kids. And we, you know, oh, I'm a man. I, I, show, I show weakness. No, it's not. Some of the greatest strength you can do is show even your kids, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled at you that way. Whatever it is, we should be walking around giving life to people. Uh, sometimes some of us need to make it right 
with uh, the people closest to us in our lives uh, and keep short accounts, but most of all with God. So let's, let's bow our heads. I want to pray a word of forgiveness, prayer of forgiveness for all of us that are uh, listening this morning. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and drink of the cup this morning, in obedience to the scriptures, we pause now to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in any way, thought, word, or deed, something we've done, something we left undone, if we haven't loved you with our whole heart, if we haven't loved our neighbors as ourselves, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us. And we ask you that you would forgive us of all of our sins. Help us to keep short accounts, Lord, and to apologize to anybody that we need to, but help us to keep this thing clean. Make us clean on the inside. Strengthen us by your Holy Spirit. Keep us in eternal life. And as the heads are bowed and people are praying, and maybe in your own words, you can think of something specific. You want to say to God, say, you know, Father, forgive me for, for such and such. Or whatever. You can whisper your own prayers to make things right. But maybe you're listening to me this morning saying, you know, I hear you talk about this, but I've never experienced this. I've never been born again. I've never known Jesus as my Savior. Uh, why don't you, as we're praying, ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Whether you're sitting in one of our campuses, at home, listening to us around the world online. I meet Christians all the time that come to me as I travel around the world saying, man, I became a Christian listening to Celebration Church on the internet. Wherever you're at, just ask Jesus to come into your heart to forgive you of your sins. You can start experiencing this wonderful connection that we've been talking about. You too can become a saint of God in the sense that we're all believers and have this wonderful connection with this incredible energy of people who are here and for those who've gone before that we celebrate and someday we'll celebrate throughout eternity. Amen.